0: 939 The Eagle, broadcasting live radio group world headquarters. This, this is, is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And good Saturday morning. Great to be with you all this morning. Thank you all for tuning in to the CEO Roundtable Show. I'm Fred Perry, your host. This morning, we are very uh, glad to welcome to the uh, Eagle Studios, uh, Justin Gay, who is the Executive Vice President of Operations for Emory Sapp and Sons. Uh, Justin, good morning. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. I, you are a busy man, so I uh, appreciate you taking time out to join us. And, and you know, uh, Emory Sapp and Sons is a very, um, is, is a local story. It's It's uh, got a very... Proud heritage here in Boone County, and, and, uh, but it has become a very significant company and a player, uh, in the Midwest. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but let's start off talking about your background. Uh, tell us, uh, uh, kind of where you came from and, and what, what were you doing before you joined Emory SAP? So we'll go way back. Um, Fred, I'm a Northern Boone County boy.
1: I was raised in Hallsville, Missouri um just you know 10 miles or so north of here Mm -hmm. um graduated back in 1993 um at that point in time i chose to go to springfield missouri to back then missouri state not missouri state but sms back in the day that's right um graduated from there in 1997 at that point in time i thought that i wanted to be in the big business world and go to st louis and Mm -hmm. go on take on the world and right at that point in time i went to work for boeing aerospace oh wow worked out of uh um the F fifteen program up there for two years. And over that period of time I I realized that I do I wasn't made for a cubicle. Yeah. Not, never to mention my personality or my size. I didn't fit very well, <laughs> just to be honest. So after that after that, um I had an opportunity to move back to Boone County where I really enjoyed my time today. Um went to work for a company called apac oh yeah spent uh six or seven years there um working on concrete paving the bridges and also the asphalt paving industry at that point in time i had a extreme opportunity to go work um for Emery sap yeah. and sons yeah from
0: apac which is kind of a competitor right it was
1: a, it is yeah. a competitor yeah um but i had an opportunity to go work for an up-and-coming company yeah um that was actually 15 years ago, Fred. Wow. Um, okay, so, so you put in your time. Yeah, so 15 years ago, I've been at Emory SAP um, and done everything from being a project manager to an operations manager to branch manager and now yeah. uh, executive vice president of yeah. operations.
0: What is What are your responsibilities currently entail? What kind of things uh, are you doing on a daily basis? So, at Emory SAP and Sons, being an employee owned company, yeah. I mean, we wear multiple
1: hats every day, but most of my day entails. Taking care of the Columbia non DOT market, um, as well as we've had some recent acquisitions. I uh, also oversee some of our asphalt paving operations around the state, mm-hmm. um, as well as um, just oversee a multitude of different things from day to day.
0: We'll talk you know, about some of the projects you're working on in the next segment. But you know, it's interesting. Uh, almost anywhere you drive uh, around the state of Missouri, you see Emery Sapp and Son trucks and concrete plants and all kinds of things uh, all around the state so you guys are um are you doing work outside of the state of missouri right now yes we are um we are we are definitely in the midwest
1: um but we actually actually do work out in the carolinas um we do specialized pavement maintenance projects um currently we've got three or four going on in north carolina and south carolina Mm -hmm. as well as we had some recent acquisitions and we have a another company that we own out in chandler arizona so mm-hmm. okay. we are definitely a national contractor um, majority of our focus is in the midwest mm-hmm. um but we are
0: definitely national nationalized to some degree yeah mostly midwest yeah it's very interesting uh, quite a success story um how many employees work for emory sap right now
1: so if you take the whole family, meaning Arizona, some of our recent acquisitions, work to fifteen
0: hundred. Fifteen hundred—that's yep. a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that's that's impressive. I um, this is an employee-owned company uh, through what they call an ESOP. Uh, talk about that—the dynamic of an ESOP—and what does that do for company culture? So,
1: our culture is everything. So, let's call it fifteen years or so ago, the company was sold from previous ownership to the employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens over that time is a culture is instilled. Um, the care is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got skin in the game from all way the top to everybody in the food chain.
0: And do you notice that? I mean, do you see people For sure. near the bottom of the food chain uh, uh, having a vested interest in how the company does? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Because once they see their actual account
0: balances go up or
1: change or affected, right? Mm-hmm they start to ask more questions yeah. questions do we really need that extra shovel or maybe a person in the office do we really need that computer mm. and it's one of those things that they don't want a chance they want people to do their jobs but they really care about the end result because it affects them right you yeah. know yeah. it's a big part of what they have coming to them in their retirement at, at one day down the road so yeah. you see a different level of care Fred you see it from the people that are okay taking work home if they need to you see people putting the extra 20 minutes and not just turning their light off at five. Yeah. The care is different, yeah. and it is throughout our entire company, and I'm very proud of that.
0: Well, that's neat. So with an ESOP, when do you realize the, uh, the financial benefit of, of being an, uh, an owner of the company? I mean, every company
1: is different, mm-hmm. um, but in our company, let's just call it 60 years of age, mm-hmm. you can take it out. Um, and as long as you follow the ERISA rules, and it's no different than a 401k or that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it can be transferred out at any one point in time. You can't get it, but at that point in time, you can really get the tangible money at the age of, let's call it 60.
0: Yeah. And so is there a lot of uh, regulation and financial compliance that you have to deal with with <laughs> an ESOP to really kind of just make sure that uh, everybody is is... Is uh, basically getting uh, their value out of the company.
1: Oh yeah, there there is multiple audits done every year, Mm -hmm. Um, not just one company. There's basically two external audits. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have an attorney which basically helps us oversee the the day to day uh, processes and procedures of the ESOP. So Mm -hmm. yes, we are regulated no different than any other. Yeah, to make sure that we are good
0: stewards. Yeah, of the money of the employees, it's kind of an unusual concept. I mean, you don't see a lot of. I mean, maybe there's a lot of companies nationwide to do it, but locally, you don't really see a lot of ESOPs. And, and it's uh And I, I know that there have been some companies that have pursued that in recent years. There's more becoming ESOP. You'd, you'd be surprised. There's more and more. I is mean, that right? you, yeah. I
1: mean, there's ESOP chapters. There's ESOP national chapters. There are conventions to go to just to learn about that employee ownership and that culture that's mm-hmm. out there. I mean, there's um You'd be surprised. Probably in Columbia, there's more than what you would think, yeah. and especially in the central Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I can probably name a few other ones. I won't put them on the air. Yeah, but, but they are out there for sure. It yeah. is a growing trend. That's neat. Um, can every employee participate? In our company, it's everybody in the entire company has skin in the game. Okay. And you have to be a full-time employee or? You you can't, you can't, if you're, um, can't be under 18. Yeah. So if you would happen to start when you're 17 and a half or you graduate or whatever from high school, you cannot have ownership. But as soon as you are 18, you are, you are, eligible to be in the ESOP
0: at that yeah, point in time yeah uh, we'll talk uh, in the third segment about uh, sort of uh, the job market and how that affects Emory SAP but I imagine that that gives you something very unique to talk about uh, when you talk to an 18 year old kid about uh, a career versus a job
1: it is but as you will but you're but you're well aware, Fred, that sometimes they don't get that benefit of that yep. retirement aspect yet yep. at that young of an age. Because they're going to live forever. I know I didn't, right? Right. I mean, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, but once you see them be around the other employees and they get two to three years into it and those statement balances tick up a little bit, mm-hmm. oh, they're like, oh, that is real money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they get that vibe. It yeah. takes a little bit of time to the 18 year old sometimes it's difficult but i guarantee to the as myself being 45 and being there 15 years it's a big benefit yeah and then once you see that and your wife see it and you see that let's be for my kids it goes a long long way
0: yeah now this is a growing company Uh, you had three different acquisitions in 2019 uh talk about some of the acquisitions and, and what that meant strategically for the whole company
1: so, we had three different acquisitions in 2019. We had the one I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in Chandler, Arizona. Um, basically, it's called is it Aiken Garner Construction, based okay. out of Chandler. Similar to Emory Sap? So, they are in some ways, mm-hmm. but um, they had some, let's call it um, technology mm-hmm. for rehabilitation of underground water systems Mm. that we're really interested in and you and i both know water systems are growing and evolving over time yeah and we thought we could learn something from them Mm. i mean they were a stable company well ran but we just had some opportunities Mm -hmm. and it just kind of right place the right time yeah so we kind of bolted them on um and strategically it's a little bit different to manage i mean Mm -hmm. we've got a few of our executive managers that are out that run the company with myself they have more of an input to that um, branch of the company Mm -hmm. but um, is working out and they've done very very well Mm -hmm. in addition to Aiken Garner um, we were blessed to buy two other asphalt companies we bought Hutchins Construction in uh, Springdale and Cassville they had two different locations Mm -hmm. um, in Arkansas and Missouri and then we bought the Chester Bros Company um, Chester Bros construction out of uh, Hannibal no oh, okay. um, the uh, we were already doing quite a bit of work um, down in the Northwest Arkansas market, mm-hmm. and we had an opportunity built a great relationship with those folks down there, and we just had the opportunity to acquire them, so we brought them on and then the Chester Bros construction they basically primarily stayed in the pavement maintenance and the pavement preservation programs mm-hmm. which through asphalt paving new yep. roads, but also they did. Um, concrete patching and concrete diamond grinding, which I mentioned we do in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to bring them on as well in 2019. Um, the challenges for both Arkansas and um, the Hannibal acquisitions, they're a little bit different because we really didn't do a whole lot of asphalt paving, which mm-hmm. is primarily their business, um, but guys like myself that were within the company that had a background in the asphalt market, um, we were able to bring them on and manage them and things are going pretty well.
0: Are people choosing asphalt over concrete these days? So what 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 percentage of your business is typically concrete versus asphalt? It just depends on the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, a
1: lot of it has to do with material supply, mm-hmm. just to be honest. Yeah. Um it it's probably even a 50-50, Fred. Really? I can't say that yeah. it's any one stronghold over the other. It mm-hmm. just depends on
0: types of roads, types of parking lots. It just varies from yeah. market to market. Yeah, interesting. Talk about covid nineteen and uh how that affected uh your business uh, uh thankfully uh construction was one of those industries that allowed to sort of uh keep moving uh but uh how did it affect uh your workforce and and um, uh, the way you do business well
1: it, it brought a lot of safety features to the fir- to the forefront of every day in which we do business mm-hmm. um we had to be more strategic about it, and, and in recent days, um, it's been a, bit a little more difficult because if someone gets a positive test, we've got to send them home or somebody that worked close to them for a few days and then bring other people in to backfill them um, and follow all the guidelines. It's been very difficult, mm-hmm. and there's a cost to doing all that, right? Yeah. I mean, you're well, as, you're well as well as I know. you. Take a project and you start or you shut down it I and mean, there's a cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. And in our business we have people that travel, some in between states. Yeah. Um some people travel to certain job sites from all over. So that has not totally been the easiest to navigate, mm-hmm. but we've gotten through it. Yeah. Um you know, it's like the the recent uh mask ordinance that came out. Mm-hmm. We were blessed that the city gave us time to at least go get the mask and get those out there, the people that were going to be within six feet and gave us time to react. So mm-hmm. we were blessed as far as that goes. But day-to-day, I mean, it's just not easy. It's not easy on, I mean, it's a pandemic. I mean, yeah. it wasn't easy. It's not easy. It's not going to be easy.
0: Yeah. Um, that's Well, you have deadlines in your business. That is correct. Yeah, and uh, there's probably not too many contracts that have a COVID allowance in them, I would guess. There is not definitely a COVID <laughs> allowance. And one of the things that
1: I can say, it's like we have a constant rain day over us yeah. right it's kind of yeah. that cloud just yeah. looming over us in the background i kind of feel like Linus us someday <laughs> but you know we're navigating it yeah. um and and i think we're getting through it but and there's a cost to it and no we can't recoup it but um we just got to keep fighting through because we got to take care of our customers and the public and everybody else so yeah yeah it'll, it'll be fine at the end and we'll there'll be a sunshiny day someday but yeah.
0: um you know in the next you know six months or so we'll just have to get through it yeah um so talk to me about the communication with your workforce in terms of because it's an ESOP, uh do you get together once or twice a year? What's the communication like with the entire uh company about how well the company's doing and and what your your, your initiatives are?
1: So some of our initiatives start as simple as constant text messages just to update what's going on. Yeah. A lot of times we do um, safety updates that go through the text or through an email. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the big ones we're, we're very proud to do is we try to do a quarterly newsletter so they find out what's going on in other branches. And we found out that's a big deal, especially being in ESOP, because the people in Arkansas may not... to find out what's going on in columbia or vice versa or in arkansas and that communication is a big deal when you talk about it's their money right yeah so that is a great big deal and then pre-covid we we always did an annual meeting where we they were invited they did not have to come Mm -hmm. but we always were invited to an annual meeting to where they could get together and of get a state of the state yeah. um how we did how financially we did what the backlog looked like for the next year uh um, what opportunities were out there and we kind of just gave them it's their money yeah. it's like a stockholder meeting yeah. a true here's the state of the state here's where we've been here's where we headed um a lot of questions and answer sessions the days prior to those meetings we brought some people in for training so that's basically how we're navigating right now now yeah. we're talking about possibly an annual meeting that is virtual Mm -hmm. um for one year at least we hope and how we're going to keep those people engaged because they still have the same questions right yeah um and now that we're getting more and more spread out that's just an opportunity that we're probably gonna pull
0: some ideas forward and talk, communicate that way. That's the voice of Justin Gay, who is the uh, Executive Vice President of Operations for Columbia-based Emory Sapp Sons. We'll be back after this break and talk about some of the big projects you might be seeing around Columbia and around the state of Missouri. This is Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. You're listening to Inside Columbia with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Good Saturday morning to you. Thanks for tuning in. This is Fred Perry. We are visiting with Justin Gay, who is the Executive Vice President of Operations for Columbia-based Emory Sapp & Sons. Uh, Justin actually grew up just up the road in Hallsville and uh, has been with Emory Sapp now for 15 years. Um, so Boone County boy, done well, uh, doing good. Hallsville's a nice town and it's still a nice town, isn't it? Oh,
1: it's wonderful. Yeah, it is absolutely wonderful. I was driving through there the other day and They've grown over the time too, right? Big just time. like Columbia has. Yeah. And I go back and I reminisce about the days that I played baseball, but now there's I think I believe there's an elementary school on my old baseball field. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, that's kind of Yeah. <laughs> horrible." But cuz there go the memories, right? Yeah. But um great little town, great community, great friends and family still there today and yeah.
0: you can't say enough good things about it. I was up there last weekend for the uh uh the uh, ham sale and uh you know, it's just um it's just a good quality of life. And I think that everybody knows each other. The schools are great. And, uh, there's a nice combination of established neighborhoods and brand new neighborhoods popping up. So it's really, uh, a fast growing, uh, suburb of Columbia almost. So Absolutely. You hate to say that, but that's kind of what it is. I want to talk about some of the projects that Emory Sapp and Sons are working on. Uh, it is, um, actually, does is this company go by ESS now or yeah. what okay, so it's really a, I mean, it's Emerson, so Yeah, a lot of
1: people just refer to it as ES. Okay,
0: very good. Um let's talk about uh, what's happening on Niphon, grindstone, Varder School. I'm not sure uh what, what the that section of the road is called. Uh but there's a lot of activity out there. Uh what are you working on? So there are technically th- three
1: projects that are along the Niphon corridor. Mm-hmm. Um one of which was um Uh, sidewalk projects with basically connected southampton up to the mill creek school um to make that a nice travel way for the for i don't know if bicyclists can actually use that road but walkway to connect uh, connectivity from southampton up to the school there Mm -hmm. at mill creek elementary um (coughs) there are two other projects that are going on that corridor now when you say
0: southampton
1: I'm I'm confused. Does it go to Mill Creek or is it uh Southampton intersects Sinclair? Oh, okay, there just to the south of the Mill Creek. University. Right.
0: Okay. Very good. So that good. was connected on three okay. or four years ago. Okay. Good. Um,
1: so that's where that project is. And then on the eastern section of Nyphong or Vauder School, whichever you prefer yeah. to call it, we are we're putting in two different roundabouts. One at the intersection of old mill creek Mm -hmm. um and then the other one is at an intersection of um, sinclair sinclair right there in front of mill creek elementary and those two have got to be open to traffic by school um it's called august 15th for lack of a better term um and and those will be complete in the next three to four weeks there'll be some touch-up work to complete um you know, or in the week or two after that, some sidewalks and some black dirt, yeah. seed and mulch. But
0: is that a real challenge? Uh, I mean, that's a busy stretch of roadway to begin with, and here you are trying to uh, interrupt the and, and really create a uh, a new traffic pattern. Uh, so, in the midst of all that, is that something that is uh, difficult to work around? So it is. So a lot of times. Um
1: Municipalities or even other projects, they've got a traffic control plan that are laid out in these projects. Um, sometimes we, as Emory Sapping Sons, can find opportunities to make the challenges a little more navigable mm-hmm. for not only traveling public, but then for us to construct the project. But like those, that have temporary bypass that one shifts to the north and one completely shifts to the south of the first two phases. It's different. I mm-hmm. mean, especially when, like, you and I living in town forever traveling up and down knife we're not used to that and mm-hmm. it just takes people getting used to over and over again to manipulate that but in the next few weeks we're going to shift traffic the other way so they're going to have another shift in traffic coming up yeah. so i mean it, it's not a big deal but it just takes a lot of time and resources and energy to get it right up front yeah yeah uh it's you're changing
0: people's habits which is never
1: (laughs) never easy and then the third project um that's along the corridor is basically nice knife on boulevard expansion and or widening whatever you'd call it um basically it starts at providence and goes down to the ccmo golf course maintenance facility there oh yeah so basically we're widening out the existing road and giving it people turn lanes and new sidewalks and new islands from basically at that maintenance shed all the way to Providence and that project's got a whole different set of challenges um, just because of the utilities got to be relocated mm. to do a type of project like yeah. this. Yeah. But the city did a good job. They were out in front of it. They had a lot of utilities that marked up front that needed to be relocated. So coordination can be done up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, if you drive down there in the section in front of what's called Walgreens, mm-hmm. um, it's actually been widened. And that basically will show you what the rest of the roadways going to look like all the way back to Providence. Yeah. And, that project is scheduled to be completed not until August of 2020. Oh, um, but I would speculate that a good portion of the project will be done yet this year.
0: Okay, well, in August of 2020 is next month. I'm sorry, August of 2021. Yeah, okay, 21. Okay, thank very you good. for correcting me. There, I, <laughs> I would have met people's expectations on that one. Um, you know, it's uh, I have found just you know the little work that we do involved with uh, county roads. The number one thing to slow down a road project is utilities. And getting those things moved and relocated.
1: it It is a big challenge on any project that we do. But well, first of all, it's the safety of the people, yeah. the safety of your employees, the traveling public. But sometimes when those things are off, just two or three feet, and you've yeah. only got right away that's so wide, it's just very, very difficult. Yep. And But that's just the world that we live in. That's mm-hmm. just something we have to navigate, and um, good owners, whether it's the city or the county, and good contractors they figured a way to get
0: through it. Yeah. Um I was in Kansas City this past weekend and I uh, was uh trying to get on 435 from I70 and and uh, it required a bit of a um a little bit of a detour for me and um, which is okay because it put me on 40 highway. Uh so I had to drive by Gates and Sons barbecue and and load did up stock. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> and um but uh that is i mean i was just looking at you know from the uh the ramp looking above that project it's kind of a spaghetti bowl to begin with uh, you've got 435 and i70 at the at the sports complex here um that is a big project tell us about that
1: so that project was bid by Modot back in i'm going to call it the fall of 2018 with a construction start date of early 2019 um that job consisted of 10 different structures A lot of earthwork that had to be moved just to bring some certain structures up and to redesign that spaghetti, as you called Mm -hmm. it, um, to get the traffic to flow through there. The new roadway built. Ten structures, underground sewer that had to be built along and underneath I-70, not to mention all the storm drainage. It was a very, very difficult project. Not to mention a lot of that work had to be done at night because of traffic, which you just alluded to. Um, So it was not an easy project. But the good news about that project is, it's on it's on schedule to be done this fall. Um I really wish um, the fans would be there to see it and open it yeah. up in KC yeah. Stadium. Yeah. But they're probably gonna be delayed to do that for a while. Yeah. Um but that interchange will be very, very nice when it's complete. Yeah. Uh a fifty
0: million million project?
1: Isn't that upper forties, the yeah. fifty million dollar <clears throat> range? Throat> I can't remember the yeah. exact number. Yeah. Um but there's a lot of work to go on right there in that corridor. Big, yeah. big opportunity. Yeah,
0: that's that's impressive. Uh, it, I mean, it's such a, so many people from Columbia pass through there, whether they're going to the airport or just uh, you know uh, doing business in Kansas City. So, well, how does it look, Fred? It looks awesome. I mean, I really, um, I was expecting a major inconvenience. But uh, traffic was moving through there pretty pretty fluidly. So anyway. and you got a trip to Gates and I gate. got to go to Gates on top of it. So I mean it's a <laughs> double bonus. So a double win there. Um, talk about a couple other projects that you've been working on uh, around the state.
1: So around the state, we've worked on all kinds of projects. I mean, currently with one of the with the uh, with our Hannibal with our columbia asphalt we'll call it, which was the bross acquisition we're doing new intersection work up in new london to make some j turns up there to j turns that, to make that intersections up there more safe because <laughs> it was a it was a tough tough deal yeah um we're currently doing um 20 plus mile stretch of road down in um let's call it the perryville area um hmm. 13 bridges down there need to be rehabbed and a few hundred thousand tons of asphalt need to be laid on that stretch of road and then down around the lake the ozarks and down there in um, called miller county um intersection just to the north of osage beach there we're re- redesigning um an interchange there to allow traffic to flow there through there more fluidly mm-hmm. um that's just a few of the projects that we have going on yeah. not to mention we've got a lot of distribution centers going on over in the kansas city market um, a lot of asphalt work uh, a lot of work like I said earlier in the Bella Vista bypasses um, which we basically right now we're doing a job on, on 49 which is basically from the state line north which will make connectivity of that whole intersection going up towards what's called Kansas City yeah, and then across the state line we just did a job two jobs which, um, down to Bella Vista, which would connect that road I just talked to at 49 and take it into Bella Vista, which is called the Bella Vista Bypass.
0: Is that down in Arkansas? That is in
1: Arkansas. Okay, very good. So, yeah. along the region, we got quite a bit of work going on. Yeah. Um, but a lot of good infrastructure and good looking infrastructure going on. <clears throat> uh, some greed projects. So, um,
0: let me put you on the spot here real quick. And, and remember, we don't edit this program, so you're going to have to, you're on the fly here. But if you could ma- wave a magic wand and money were no object, how would you fix the intersection of sixty three and i seventy really Fred you've gotta go there right now <laughs> just uh you know because i I think that and Modot freely admits uh they made some mistakes i mean it's just the design stuff i mean you know 15 years ago we didn't have the diverging diamonds and and i don't know if we had the j turns or not but uh those are, are pretty i mean, I mean the, pretty simple, tricky.
1: the simple answer is there's got to be some form of a flyover yeah whether it comes yeah. off so of 70, tell our
0: listeners what a flyover is. i mean a
1: flyover basically would take the traffic off of i-70 and basically take them directly over that intersection and mm-hmm. connect them back to 60 no south, stoplights no stoplights yeah. no nothing yeah just keep um, the traffic moving yeah just it's a complete it's all about traffic flow yeah and it could be done the same thing going the other way from, um, let's call it westbound 70 over to, I'm going to call it the Route B interchange there mm-hmm. past Home Depot. I mean, I think that's the simplest fix because the biggest problem you have there is the bottlenecks of traffic yeah. at that intersection. The signals just aren't sufficient enough for what how much traffic goes through there a day the volume right yeah. so the easiest way to do it is i could say some form of a flyover and maybe some other types of traffic flow but the biggest answer would be the
0: flyover yeah. you know we have kind of a flyover at 63 where it you know it just sort of extends uh you know over that intersection uh, you know going to the north correct uh, up towards bass pro um same so, concept in a bigger magnitude yeah. basically
1: going north and south okay to make that happen yeah and that'd be the my simplest answer yeah with you putting me on the spot yeah absolutely well, you know i, I want to see how that.
0: good you are so <laughs> it's uh, you know talk about your relationship with modot uh you know i think modot does a great job and i really um you know uh, when it comes to uh giving more MoDot, modot more money uh I would strongly support that because I think that our infrastructure, transportation infrastructure in Missouri, is is really challenged right now. But uh, talk about uh, your your relationship with with MoDOT. Do they do, do most of the engineering and then ask you to build it, or how does that work? Yes, that's pretty much how it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most of their
1: projects are they design them, we give them a price for it, we go build them. Mm-hmm. Now they do have opportunities out there today within different. A mechanism called design build mm-hmm. where you work on a team yeah and you go out there and you put together a team to design it you engineer it you build it for a certain amount of price that you told them you'll do it for um but the biggest the biggest is they design it and we yeah. go build it yeah. um our relationship with Modot is great i mean i've got to truly i agree with you that they do a very very good job of stretching their dollars mm-hmm. they do a very very good job because what are we in the top We're five the... or ten for the number of traveling miles yeah per...
0: and we have the lowest uh, fuel tax in and the country the lo-
1: and the lowest fuel tax now yeah. i want to correct you on that okay i think we need to get away from calling it a tax okay i truly believe that yeah. i truly believe it's not a tax it's a user fee mm-hmm. um because the people that use it should be paying for it right, right? absolutely um, we use the word tax and sometimes that's a bad message Yeah. when at the end of the day it's just a fee whether you use it i use it jb hunt's trucks use it or whoever yeah. uses it as long as they're buying fuel right that's right it's a it's a fee for and i don't know where you're going with this but i truly believe that that um the infrastructure in missouri they do a great job modot does a wonderful wonderful job but, with I, very, but limited with very limited resources very limited resources but yeah. i truly believe my opinion is that we do need an increased user fee. yeah I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. There's some pro- the infrastructure out there that is failing, mm-hmm. and, has, and it just needs to be fixed from a little bit deeper than what we've been going. Yeah. Um, just from a maintenance standpoint, we need to catch up. Yeah. And I don't know what else to say it. Um, when you talk about the massive transportation corridors that we have in Missouri, think about it: 44, 54, 63, 70, 36. Not to mention 55. Yeah. I mean, our heavy infrastructure, there's not many Yeah, we're the crossroads of America. We are the truly the crossroads with the lowest user fees or tax, as you like to call it, in America. Yeah. And we truly need to get that bumped up to get things in the right direction.
0: When we come back from this break, we're going to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, some of the things that you might not know about Emory Sapp. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Inside Columbia with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9, The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Fred Perry with you this morning. We are visiting with Justin Gay, who is the Executive Vice President of Operations for Columbia-based Emory Sapp Sons. We have been talking about a lot of great things, very interesting stuff. And um, I thought maybe we should um, go back to a couple more Columbia projects. But you've got... Um, a lot of work coming up at the columbia regional airport talk about that
1: so there's a lot of infrastructure coming up around the columbia airport and, and it, some of it started with the county with the city project that was done in the county basically route route h um last summer mm-hmm. um, and finished up this spring um some of the work includes coming up not only some relocation of hangar 730 there's um taxiway c2 coming up um some rehabilitation there There is the design build of the terminal, which has some site work on it. And not to mention in 2021 will be the runway extension of uh, 2-20 out there, which will be a very, very large project. But by the end of 2021, there will be a lot of new infrastructure out there from buildings to runways to taxiways to new hangars. It will be like a whole different airport. Now, I can't say the terminal will be done, but it will start the... The landscape will definitely change for that new terminal. Yeah.
0: You know, speaking of the airport, and and this is something that Emery Sapp and Sons does not get enough credit for. But you know, uh, last year you're actually going to give me yeah, credit. I might, I might just uh, this one time. Uh, but you know, it's it's interesting that one day I think it was last summer, um, the airport had to shut down for a few days because uh, suddenly we had this uh, sort of bump in in the in the runway. Uh, it was built to specifications it was you know exactly the way that uh, the the feds uh, asked it to be done but you guys even though you're a large company and you have a lot of other projects that you're on a deadline for you all were able to drop everything and pivot and get in there and get that thing fixed in a few days talk about that experience and and why why what is it about your your culture that allows you to do those kinds of things
1: well well it's not only our culture but we value relationships mm-hmm. and when we got that phone call, and I believe it was John Glasscock that actually called, and I forget who he called, whether it was myself or or Billy Sapp, and there was a problem. Um, we knew that we did not want that airport shut. Cause we didn't understand that it's an economic hope, not for Emory Sapp, mm-hmm. but for the community itself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's such a big deal. And so we knew that we could talk to some of our clients, especially locally, that just said, hey, we gotta, we got to take care of the airport, we got to take care of the city, we got to take care of the community. And, the, and our customers are okay with it mm-hmm. and when you can talk and communicate to your customers and take care of a client which is the city and the in the traveling public and the public that in the community you work in there's nothing like it. Yeah. It just had to be done. it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. um i i can 't say much more that our our employees we're ready to meet on Monday morning. We had a plan by that afternoon and we're ready to execute the next day. Yeah. I mean, that's just how we are. And that is truly a cultural thing. And I'm glad you brought that up yeah. again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, what else does Emory do besides uh, building uh, bridges and highways? What, what other kind of projects do you take on?
1: So, we are a general contractor. And like I said earlier, we've talked about it, but in different pockets throughout the, these segments. Um, asphalt paving is a great mm-hmm. big one, pavement maintenance and preservation. Um, we do underground sanitary sewer lines. We do water lines. We do transmission lines for um, water supply as well. Hmm. Um, we do wastewater treatment facilities, concrete paving, bridges, um, site development, large grading projects, small grading projects, parking lots, anything that's basically turnkey. We so you're, like
0: you're basically an infrastructure company.
1: We are. We yeah. we uh, we prefer to be completely turnkey and, and not, don't sub out a lot of work because mm-hmm. we've always had the saying that the faster we get a project done for somebody the faster they can go on to their next opportunity or realize their dreams mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so if we're able to take care of an in-house is what we like to call it with our own people who are our, our uh, employees really care it really makes the difference at the end of the day
0: yeah talk about the current job market i i see commercials running for um lintech i can't remember the exact the new name of it uh, but state I, tech state tech and i i see uh people wearing emery sap uh, uh uniforms and and trucks and stuff like that in those commercials but talk about um uh your current job market and what are the positions that are hard to fill and is it hard to hire people period
1: i think that, that's the best way to say it mm-hmm. it's hard to, to hire people period mm-hmm. um we are limited to sometimes of who we can hire. Just to mm-hmm. be honest, with certain contracts that we are on, but it's hard to just hire people in general. Uh, so
0: you can't hire people with, with in some respects, uh, with criminal records. In, in some instances, like yeah.
1: we're working on a school or something yeah. like that, we can't have certain past history. Now wow. that doesn't mean they can't get work on certain jobs. Yeah, but it limits the market to some sure. degree. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. Um, you know, the, we we struggle to find skilled positions from equipment operators to um skilled laborers to it doesn't matter project managers or, or project estimators mm-hmm. the the skill level out there i mean it's great we have great talent but
0: to find the new hires and that kind of stuff it's difficult very very difficult right now yeah we talked last week on the program about uh, Rankin technical college uh, coming to ashland uh, do you see yourselves taking advantage of that that kind of a program so ranking would be definitely an opportunity and yeah. like
1: you mentioned before we're we are uh, in constant communication with different trade schools like uh-huh. State Tech. Yep. Um it's a big relationship that we have with them down there. I mean, yeah, you said you saw you've seen us on some commercials, uh-huh. but to go down there and find out from uh, operators to cement masons to whatever else may come out of that school, it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. But as you well know, their classes are only so big. And that those opportunities that we have are great opportunities for people and people's families, um, and a lot of times i'll be honest, construction gets overlooked for that opportunity they may not think about it, they really want to be in the construction industry, mm-hmm. but people don't realize it usually pays pretty well
0: Emory
1: mm-hmm. SAP is an ESOP, they yeah. more more to it um, and it's a great
0: culture and a great environment to work in, yeah. What about, um, what are the barriers that keep people from, from getting a job uh, at Emory Sapp? I mean, if someone were just go to apply today, I mean, is I, I hear from a lot of employers uh, where safety is an issue that finding employees who can pass a drug test is is challenging. In our world, the drug test is a big deal. Cause mm-hmm. You got to think about if you're a heavy equipment operator
1: and somebody is under the influence, and the person's in a ditch below them that does not work for us especially in our culture that does not Mm -hmm. does not work and osha recordables come back on certain contracts they look at um, how you've performed in the past and sometimes they won't award to you a project Mm -hmm. because your safety record may not be good so you know the the drug test and the qualified worker is very very tough
0: yeah it's, uh, I can imagine that's challenging. So, if you were talking to a 17 or 18 year old kid right now uh, that is interested in a, a career with Emory Sapper in the construction business, what advice would you give them right now? And, you know, maybe talk to a 15 or 16 year old that's, that's getting ready to decide whether or not they want to go to college. Uh, and uh, what should they be looking at right now? So, I would, one of my biggest, I actually gave a, a person advice
1: last weekend. And I said, whatever you do, be passionate about it, mm-hmm. right? And if they wanted to go in the construction industry or not in the construction industry, my biggest piece of advice is find something that you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Don't go out there and just get a degree to get a degree. Yeah. Go out there and try to make a difference. Yeah. Right. Make a difference in yourself, your family, your career, your life. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that I would tell them. Now, if they're going to, they want to be in the construction industry, I would tell them go find a specialized, trade or skill mm-hmm. that they like to do mm-hmm. and then grow from there. Yeah. Whether it's going to state tech and they said, okay, I want to operate, fine. And go down there and learn about that. But then after that nine months and they've got an opportunity to come do an internship with us, that could turn into a full time job. And yeah. you don't mean you have to stop at being an operator. Right. I mean you can be a foreman. I mean one of the best stories in in, in the Columbia branch and in our company is um the local operations manager. He came from state tech twenty five years ago. And now he's the operations manager here in Columbia. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the opportunities are endless. Yeah, and the and as far as Emory Sappinson's growing, if you want the opportunity not to stay in Boone County, mm-hmm. that's okay too. Yeah, we'll have opportunities in Arizona. Love we'll opportunities yeah. in Arkansas. Yeah, so I mean, you can move and and grow and evolve. And the construction industry is pretty rewarding. I mean, yeah, it's difficult in times like right now. It's hot and humid outside. But there's other good things about it, too. I mean, a lot of people look at it. I get 30 days off in the winter to go hunting, you know? So there are some pros and some cons. Yeah. But, you know, it pays pretty good. Um, Some companies like ours have great benefits as far as insurance and ESOP or 401K. So... I would tell anyone to if they want to, they're interested in the sense of completion because that's one of the things that drew me to the construction industry. I like to see a project all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, jump in, yeah! I mean, it's a great opportunity for people.
0: What do you think? Uh, entry level? Um, I mean, I don't I certainly can't hold you to this, but I mean, if, if a kid I, came right out of vocational school to work for Emory and some, what what kind of salary or hourly pay could they be looking at?
1: I mean, I, I would suspect in this day and age, they're not going to make less than eighteen. I mean, I would suspect some of those are within the first year or two going to be 20. Yeah. I mean, so there's a decent wage, plenty of overtime. Mm -hmm. And then you know how prevailing wage works in Missouri. I mean, some of our work is 30% of its prevailing wage, and those hourly wages are 30 and 40 bucks now for part of the wage, and we got to pay that differential. So, I mean, Twenty bucks an hour, two thousand hours a year. I mean, you do the math. Yeah, and overtime on top of it. So, not to mention ESOP, four hundred one k. You can do a pretty good living. That's a nice
0: truck you can buy. Yeah, it's a very nice truck you can <laughs> buy for sure. Yeah. Um, what does the future look like? I mean, you, you kind of see uh, cycles in a in a business. Uh, you know, in a in a business cycle, you sort of see the ups and downs. You see bell curves. Um, what's the future look like for your industry? So right now
1: it's kind of it, we're in a different with COVID. I mean, I'll yeah. be honest. We're talking about not just public public money, but public money. We're talking about being on thirty percent for modot, mm-hmm. and then every in every state it's going to be a little bit different. But thirty percent dip. Now, hopefully, there's some federal funds that come through and raise that back up, both local yeah. and statewide. But we don't know. Um, <laughs> private wise, I mean, it's a it's a different time because you will you know as well as I know. It's an election year. Yeah, people don't do a whole lot in election years. So, what twenty twenty one is going to bring? I don't know if I can answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope to believe it's
0: positive and good things will come. Um, and I think um, I really don't know. You yeah. know, the way our country has recovered from the Great Depression, from you know the collapse of the of the stock market to nine eleven, you know, uh, you typically see a huge investment in infrastructure. Do you see anything like that from a federal standpoint coming down the pike. They've talked about it. Mm-hmm. I mean for sure. I mean we've heard
1: um stuff come out of the house that's kind of just been sitting there. We've had uh the Senate come back and say we don't want as big of a plan but that we should need some funds to get to it cuz that's the that's the most that's the quickest way to get jobs in the American people not only jobs but money in their pocket mm-hmm. is infrastructure. I mean it's been done multiple multiple times and it's got us out of trouble before. But nothing's been done yet. Yeah. And I think it starts people like yourself talking to other um people out there about getting transportation funding through um not only for what could come after covid but not to mention for the state of missouri right now knowing where what we need for a a use a user's fee or just some of our infrastructure be upgraded in the state of missouri yeah we got
0: a lot of bridges that need some attention
1: and and of course
0: i-70 is a a project that has to be addressed uh pay me now or pay me later it's coming pay me more later that's right yeah it needs to be addressed i mean
1: one of the big ones that modot's working on is that roast roachport river bridge um that'll be the one of the biggest steps to i-70 is getting that that project underway um it has not bid or has not come up for design yet but it is coming um but I-70 needs to be addressed.
0: I agree yeah. with you, Fred. Yeah. Justin Gay, appreciate you taking time out to be with us this morning. Very interesting story about Emory Sapp and Sons. Congratulations on your success. And uh, thanks for all you do for our community. Appreciate thanks you very for much. for having me. All right. We'll see you next Saturday. You have been listening to Inside Columbia's CEO Roundtable. This is Fred Perry. You're listening to Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it.